The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, now I've seen everything. I... Would you guys believe that Andrea Mitchell at MSNBS is trying to make the current North Korean crisis the fault of Donald Trump? I kid you not. I will play the soundbite. You will not believe your ears. Uh, I'll probably do that after the flip around. But welcome to the program, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. And of course... We're focused like a laser on the real problem, which is North Korea, the real enemy to the United States, North Korea and progressive liberals. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty three, ninety three, eight, 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 nine, zero, zero, three, three, nine, three. If I hadn't heard it with my own ears, folks, I, I wouldn't have believed it, that they would try to spin this situation. Probably one of the only true situations currently going on that doesn't have Trump fingerprints on it whatsoever and that's the north korea situation uh anyway got you the phone number already so how about some social media on twitter at chris salcedo tx at c-h-r-i-s-s-a-l-c-e-d-o-t-x as in texas and on the facebook page the chris salcedo show if you want to listen to the show live blaze.com slash radio blaze radio smartphone app and the iheart radio app soundcloud itunes and stitcher you you go there if you want to do some on-demand listening, meaning you want to you want to binge listen to all of the the week's events, and you want to do it all on Saturday, I don't recommend it. But hey, whatever floats your boat. Because there's you, if you miss a day, you miss a lot. Don't forget theblaze.com, the channel section to find our presence there, the Chris Salcedo Show, and all of the talented folks here on the Blaze TV and Radio Network. And speaking of TV and radio. On this show today, we'll be joined by the one, the only, Dana Lash. And she'll be talking about her experience with a CNN contributor, an an alleged general, folks, who was triggered by her, quote-unquote, mean and hateful NRA ad. (laughs) Former general, I, I, I can't believe it. There's a lot of things I'm seeing that I can't believe. Let's get to the flip around, and, and Heather Nauert, formerly of Fox News, might be prominently featured here. Uh, she just gave it a, a briefing at the State Department where she had an engagement with Andrea Mitchell. This woman is no class and no shame. And I'll I'll get you that exchange, but let's see what's going on at her home network, MSNBS. But that satisfaction now has yeah. turned to anxiety. And that speaks to exactly what you have said, and that is the danger today, right now, uh, is uh, on Wednesday afternoon, is one of potential miscalculation. There are directions one can go on either side of a very, very fine line. Uh, Bill, thank you for your great coverage. I know it's the middle of the night for you. Bill Neely for us in uh, Seoul, South Korea. Let's quickly talk about North Korea's uh, nuclear case. Capabilities. North Korea is one of nine nations known to possess nuclear weapons. You can see them here. It's always worth noting, by the way, Iran's not one of them. A lot of people think it is. The U.S. and the... And- <laughs> not yet. Not yet, you idiot. Uh, they will. 
because the same deal that was cut by Democrat Bill Clinton in North Korea to prevent them from getting a nuclear weapon and now they're nuclear armed and ready to put it on top of a missile. That same deal was done by Barack Obama with Iran. Same damn thing. Just wait. Just wait. Let's get over to the leader of the basket of bias, CNN. He always does. The president, as he always does, shot from the lip. He was riffing. He was whatever impulsive thing that drives him, drove him at that moment. And so, yes, you had to see the entire administration play catch up. And in a matter as consequential as a potential nuclear exchange, you have to have probity and you have to have judgment and you have to have discipline. And Donald Trump has never displayed those at any point in his life or his career. Oh, and so God. everybody that's scrambling, and by the way, I've talked to some of my friends in the military today who, who, who are in this world, and the sense was, oh, dear God. It wasn't, hey, I, I this mean, is great, let's get on board with this great policy. I, it was, oh, dear God. That's Rick Wilson, Republican strategist. Ben Ferguson, uh, somebody I know, talk show host is about ready to interrupt. Fact, you have a leader that has the nuclear weapons that he can deliver. Policy. The, the policy of saying, if you continue to come after America or if you threaten America, we will defend yourself is a policy that I'm pretty sure almost every president in my lifetime has he, had. He didn't mean, but, it's but not he, a new policy. He, said fire and Rick, Rick, he didn't mean ahead. a sternly worded word. letter. So be kind and give him a hug and send him a gift. Is that what you want diplomacy to be for a guy with nuclear weapons? Hey, we love you. You really believe that's what I'm suggesting? (laughs) I mean, that's a foreign policy over the last nine years that has been a failure. So we have nuclear weapons that guy has now. So I would say it might be time to try something different. You are unbelievably irresponsible and ignorant of the Korean Peninsula. It's astounding. Okay. What an an a-hole. I'm sorry. What, what is that guy's name, Wilson, or a Republican strategist? Ignorant. We are ignorant of the, the, the Korean Peninsula. Oh, because we, we, you know, there was no way we'd have, we could have prevented a nuclear weapon. Really? really? Completely ignorant. Now, I know Ben Ferguson can defend himself. But for crying out loud, the president making his statement yesterday, this. North Korea, best not make any more threats to the United States, they will be met with fire and fury. I know I have talked to other people who are in government. Uh, We talked to Michael McCall. By the way, we ended up getting in touch with him yesterday, folks. After the show ended, he came on to the Houston show, and I'll play that interview, how it went. Michael McCall will say, isn't it great to see strength coming out of the White House for a change? That Republican strategist with a stick up his rear end needs to needs to uh, wake up a little bit. The the era of diplomacy and passivity uh, has not treated America very well. I'm so tired of listening to these navel gazers. You nobody elected you, and I don't think that the president. Now that we know that he's known about this capability to miniaturize nuclear weapons and put them on top of an ICBM since December that he was briefed on this and that Obama knew and chose to do nothing about it. Now that we know that, I think it's refreshing to see a president who says, you know what, you want to tangle? I'd think twice. Uh, let's get over to Fox. They've also had the butter, thanks to their um, their friends from China and Russia and elsewhere. That's the butter we've got to shut down so that there is a choice that the North Korean regime has to make. Do they really, can they survive if they have widespread deprivation of uh, economic assistance? 
I said this yesterday. The only way, and, and by the way, I was, this was all breaking as we were coming on the air yesterday. And as many of you do, we process breaking news as it comes in. So a lot of yesterday's show was on the fly and just drawing on information that we have acquired throughout, uh, throughout monitoring this devolving situation since the 1990s and the Clinton administration. But uh, I was proud, a little more of a spring in my step when I heard folks who I respect, like Ambassador John Bolton, for example, echoing some of the things that I had said. Uh, In particular, the months away from being a credible threat to deliver a, a nuclear payload to American soil. They're already, North Koreans, already threatening Guam, which is U.S. territory. But what I'm going to play for you guys next, I, I know you guys are probably just going to, I was scratching my head. Just when you think the biased press can't lower themselves anymore, they always surprise. Because these people who fancy themselves the smartest people in the room, but of course didn't didn't figure Donald Trump would win, told us that he never had a chance of winning. Uh, the smartest people in the room have been wrong at every turn, in particular about the smartest people in the room who gave us North Korean nukes and worked very hard to give Iran nukes. Those so-called smart people, the elite of feet, uh, they're wrong more often than not. And Americans identify with Trump, what Trump said. And they understood. Those who care to defend America. I'll let you hear this press conference. Man, I still can't get over that scene. Um, of course, it was CNN. And oh, by the way, did you hear the CNN anchor? Uh, siding with the uh, defeatist Republican strategist against Ben Ferguson. Did you? Oh, come on, Ben. Come on, Ben. Come on, Ben. It's what it sounds like he wants to do. Oh, the president shouldn't be saying such. What? The, what? The, and this is the narrative. Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to start a war. Donald Trump is starting it. Not the fact that because of Bill Clinton's failure, Let's be fair, George Bush's failure and Barack Obama's failure. Now we have a nuclear armed North Korea and we have to act. But it's going to be America that starts the war. According to Andrea Mitchell and all these people who are talking out of their rear ends. Under no circumstances, ladies and gentlemen, should North Korea be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. None. And the United States not only should, but will make all moves necessary to make sure that a nuclear weapon is never launched at us from North Korea. The surest way to do that is to take it out before it launches. And that's where we are. I'll be right back. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network.
is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm, look, look, I'm, forgive me, I am looking right now for the name of this guy uh, who was on CNN moments ago. Uh, so I can, uh, I, I need to figure out who this guy is. Uh, this so-called Republican strategist. Uh, and I'm looking back through a transcript, courtesy of uh, our pals over at Grabian, Rick Wilson. Let me make sure I got the right guy before before I rip into him. Let me make sure I got the right guy. Rick Wilson. Uh, Rick Wilson. Uh, Republican. That figures. Republican strategist. Make sure this. I I, I got to make sure I got. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Rick Wilson is an idiot. All right, Rick. You know what? Uh, our friends at dot com. Just for your consideration. Rick Wilson, Andrea Mitchell, and those who are navel gazing at the president's comments. Let me play something for you. You may or may not know. Now, you being a Republican and not a conservative, Mr. Mr. Wilson, this may seem like a foreign language to you. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And that's precisely what we've been doing with North Korea. For the better part of two decades. That, that guy, Rick Wilson, had the temerity to say to Ben Ferguson, you're completely ignorant of the, uh, the Korean Peninsula. I think he's pretty much up to speed on everything we need to know about the reason why the North Koreans even have nuclear weaponry to begin with. Because of appeasement. Because of a man named William Jefferson Clinton who turned over billions of taxpayer dollars on the promise that North Korea would not develop nuclear weapons. And then didn't bother to check up on their progress. Bill Clinton, hey, look, this is a great deal for America. This is really a great deal. Uh, North Korea is going to dis, they're going to they're gonna, uh, freeze their nuclear program, then they're going to dismantle their program. It's, it's exactly what he said. I... Well, not exactly. It's my uh, my recollection of the words, but it's pretty close. In essence, it's what Clinton said in an address to the nation. I'm paraphrasing. And so then Clinton gives him billions and then just go and walks away. And what do they do? They sock the money away into their weapons program and they start developing nukes. Meanwhile, in the Bush administration, a few years later, 2006, boom. Nuclear test. They got a nuclear program. Bush doesn't do anything to rein it in. You know, Rick Wilson's kind of Republican, I suppose. And then Obama, Obama gets the hell out of the way, doesn't do a thing, knows about all the progress. And during the eight years of Obama, North Korea leapfrogs in technology, missile technology and miniaturization. And there here we are today. 
So what Rick Wilson is, uh, this, this bombastic language, bombastic language, you idiot. We, we needed this language 20, 25 years ago. But so many, so many cats like you. Oh, we, we can't, we can't do that. Reagan had an answer for you. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? Are we not there now? Kim Jong-un has nukes, folks, that he's fixing to fix atop an ICBM. Here comes the ultimatum, courtesy of the Rick Wilsons of the world, courtesy of the Andrea Mitchells of the world, the so-called smart people, the non-ignorant folks. Reagan spoke again. And someday... When the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price or better read than dead. Isn't that what we heard today from Mr. Rick Wilson on CNN? Isn't that what we heard from Andrea Mitchell in this shameful press conference at the State Department? I haven't played it for you yet, so here's how it began. The secretary's call was, though, well after the fire and fury language. Senator McCain and others, Republicans and Democrats, Mm -hmm. have complained that it was, quote, bombastic in Senator Feinstein's view, not helpful, said Senator McCain, uh, that no other president, not Eisenhower, not Reagan, no other president that he knew of would have used such language. (laughs) So it's Trump's fault, you see. The fact that Clinton failed, Bush failed, and Obama failed, and it's now Trump's fault for using language that all those guys, uh, they all used the right language, didn't they, Andrea Mitchell? They all did the right thing, didn't they, Andrea Mitchell? Ronald Reagan never had to deal with North Korea. He was too busy defeating the Soviets. You dimwit. So it's, you guys see where the setup is here. Oh, well, if hostilities break out, it must have been Trump's bombast. What a, what a sick joke. The people like Rick Wilson and Andrea Mitchell are. And, oh, Diane Feinstein and the turncoat John McCain, oh, they're upset. You know what You know what Feinstein wants to do? She wants to do more of the same crap that got North Korea a nuke. Oh, we got to talk to him. Oh, really? You mean the last uh, over two decades, Diane Feinstein, they don't know what our position is? I got a great idea. Why don't we send Diane Feinstein over there? Maybe you can convince Kim Jong-un. Why don't we send your ass over there? I think that'd be great. As a matter of fact, we'll have John McCain escort you over there. I think that would be fantastic. And then you guys can convince Kim Jong-un to uh, do what, let's see, uh, Bush and Clinton and uh, Obama, well, Obama didn't even try, what they failed to do. I'm sure you guys can get it done. What a flipping joke. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. And the implication from all of the critics is that the president's language implied the use of nuclear force. Is that the way the secretary read it? What? What? Because we all know that fire only stems from nuclear weapons. Conventional weapons can't make fire. Ever hear napalm, sweetheart? You ever hear napalm? (laughs) What is she talking about? You ever hear the Moab? That made uh, things get quite hot, Andrea Mitchell, the mother of all bombs. What is this idiot talking about? Oh, Donald Trump, uh, 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 some people, the critics were saying uh, he, is that what he was saying yesterday when, when, when he was making his, his statement about, about fire? and North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury. Oh, that means that means he's going to he's going to deploy nuclear weapons. Isn't that right, Andrew Mitchell? <laughs> what? What an idiot! And, and you know what? I got, I've got to be. What really insults my intelligence the most about all of this is that Andrea Mitchell pretends to give a damn. This woman checked out on covering foreign policy for the last eight years. This is a foreign policy that allowed. North Korea to get the nuke in the first place. Not to mention her doting of the Clinton administration and Mr. Clinton's wife. It's it, it to see these people b- behaving irresponsibly and trying to craft a narrative that Trump is somehow responsible for the situation we find ourselves in. I'll tell you what Trump is. Thank God it's it's President Trump and not President Hillary. Right now, there'd be a deal. There'd already be diplomats over in North Korea uh, asking what we could give them. How many billions of dollars we could give them, and then they get to keep their nukes. Same damn deal that Obama gave Iran. Oh, what, what, what can we do? We just don't, uh, we, we don't want any conflict. Uh, uh, uh. What, how much of the American taxpayers' money can we give you, despot dictator? Oh, please, please, just don't make us do anything. If Obama was still president, he'd be lying to us. Let me be clear. Uh, North Korea is just a JV team. Let me be clear. <laughs> but they've got, sir, they've got nuclear weapons. Uh, just, just because you put a Lakers jersey on, uh, on uh, somebody doesn't mean that, uh, that makes a JV team a pro. Let me be clear. The reason why we find ourselves here, the the greatest advances made by North Korea were in the last eight years because Obama tuned out. Same thing he did with uh, ISIS. He irresponsibly pulls out of Iraq. And uh, the power vacuum is filled by ISIS. His his advisors are telling him, uh, Mr. President, this is a threat. What is he telling us? Oh, let me be clear. JV team. JV team. It's it's a sick joke. The Obama administration was a sick joke. And, well, it would be funny if we weren't, you know, staring down the barrel of a nuclear weapon. And did the secretary have any early warning from his earlier phone call 
that this was going to happen? Or did he only speak to the president in the aftermath? He spoke to the president after the fact, after the president uh, made his announcement. You know, uh, as people look at this and some consider uh, comments to have been alarming, uh, I would have to go back to this. Let's consider what is alarming. <laughs> That's Heather Nauert, formerly of Fox News. She's the State Department spokesperson. So what, she, what she's doing in her very kind and gentle way is saying, why all of you people with your heads up your rear ends are focusing on Donald Trump to make Donald Trump the story here to excuse the past failures of Democrat presidents like Obama and Clinton while you guys are trying to craft the narrative that it was it was uh, Donald Trump's bombast in his words that were responsible for a nuclear-armed Korea while you idiots are doing that? Let's focus on who is actually responsible. You know, the North Koreans are actually responsible for this. What is alarming to ICBM tests in less than a month, two nuclear tests that took place last year. As a matter of fact, when there's an earthquake in China, I get many emails and calls from all of you asking, was it another nuclear test? That is how big of a deal this is that what, what is going on. Let me let, let, me, let, just follow up let me finish. Okay, please. Uh, it is a big deal what is going on. It is a concern to the world, not just the United States. Those are alarming actions. They are provocative actions on the part of North Korea. My question is, given those provocations from North Korea, which has been belligerent in the extreme, uh, granted, stipulated. Oh, st- stipulated. Belligerent in the extreme, you know, developing a nuclear weapon and, and aiming it at the United States, creating videos of nuclear weapons going off in American cities. Oh, yes. Belligerent, Andrea Mitchell says. Do you notice she has more condemnation for the president of the United States than she does for the dictator, brutal dictator of North Korea? And we're supposed to take that channel and this woman seriously? Is it helpful or unhelpful for the president to use the kind of language that we have seen previously coming from Kim Jong-un, not from presidents of the United States? Oh, dear God. I think Reagan, when he stood up and called the Soviet Union an evil empire, pretty dang forceful, madam. Oh, and I, I can remember all of you liberal nutcases looking at your belly buttons and going, oh, he's going to start World War III. Doing the same damn thing back then, didn't you, sweetheart? By the way, did, did I, speaking of sweetheart, I, this is going to be a complete tangent. Did I hear Ashley Judd was called sweetheart by a guy at an airport and uh, she went off or maybe a suing? Did I hear that? Maybe um, our crack staff here, or our staff on crack, either one. <laughs> Can uh, look, look, look up Ashley Judd. See if she's made some, some headlines. I thought I heard that somewhere today, that Ashley Judd took exception with being called sweetheart. So back to Andrea Mitchell. Hey, sweetheart, you, you might want to go back and listen to Ronald Reagan a little bit as he forcefully stood up for the United States of America. And the comments he made back then about the evil empire, the Soviet Union. You all, you all caterwauled was going to drive the Soviets into a tizzy and start World War III. Same dang crap that we heard back then emanating from the mouth of Andrea Mitchell from this douchebag Rick Wilson on CNN and from John McCain and Dianne Feinstein. Is he exacerbating the, the president problem? spoke to him, to Kim Jong-un, 
in a language that Secretary Tillerson has said and said this morning in the kind of language that Kim Jong-un will understand. We would like to see results. The pressure campaign, we see that working. Uh, the international community is in agreement with the United States and many of our partners and allies on putting additional pressure on North Korea. Uh, the Secretary happens to be coming back from the ASEAN conference where they had tremendous success. It was a good week for diplomacy. I know you all want to obsess over statements and all of that and try to want to make a lot of uh, noise out of that, but what is important to keep in mind is that this diplomatic pressure at ASEAN at the meeting of the 10 Asian nations along with the United States came to a joint agreement and a joint statement and put out a very strong condemnation of North Korea. We are all singing from the same hymn book. A lot of us have reported on the success of that effort mm -hmm. at the UN and in ensuing days. Uh, the, yeah, the success of the UN or at the UN? By the United States and by the Trump administration, Andrea Mitchell. That doesn't take away from that question the lack of a national security interagency process in this instance with a presidential statement that has perhaps undercut the previous success. I, I don't know that I would agree with you on that. Okay, so uh, next question. So, that, so there, there's her, her premise, that by Donald Trump making his statement that he made yesterday about the North Korean threat. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. I, I had, you know what, it, it's, it's a travesty that I have to even educate Andrea Mitchell like this. So, sweetheart, listen up. Uh, the Trump administration has known, we have found out today, since December about the North Korean capability of miniaturization. That is why they have ramped up this pressure campaign that Heather Nauert uh, mentioned. And that's why they have been working diligently over these past few months, despite all of your distraction efforts, Russia, Russia, Russia. That's why they've been working so tirelessly to build up this pressure and how they managed to get a 15-0 vote at the UN. That was how they managed it. And they're continuing the pressure. That language the president used, I've, you know, that I've got to explain this to a nitwit like Andrea Mitchell. That language was not meant for Kim Jong-un. That language was meant for China. The so-called wild-eyed President Trump, the X Factor, the wild card, is playing to our benefit in a strategy, madam. Oh, make no, don't misunderstand. Uh, Donald Trump just may use force if he's pushed. And that's what he's signaling to North Korea. And don't think that the people in China aren't listening to the bombast. And then are going in turn over to Kim Jong-un and saying, this guy's freaking crazy. Your, your, whole, your whole communist existence is being around is subjugating and driving your people into the ground so they worship you like a god that's the, your whole reason for being right what happens if a whole bunch of nukes by the united states are lobbed over here and they make your nation a crater you're not going to have much around you won't be around what donald trump is is it really that hard to see andrea mitchell that donald trump is providing 
the I, I don't want to say it's it's as simple as good cop bad cop because there is a very real possibility that if if forced to the United States will take action because as I said at the top of the program North Korea under no circumstances will be allowed to have a nuclear weapon only an idiot and a moron would look the other way and allow North Korea to get a nuclear weapon. Which explains the M.O. of the Obama administration for the last eight years. But Donald Trump's bombast is giving diplomacy a chance to work. China. Oh, man, you don't don't look. This guy's crazy. I think he just may do it. He just may do it. Do you really want to take that chance? State Department. You know, my, my boss can get a little passionate sometime, but, you know, he, he talked to you in the language that you've been, you've been giving us. He talked to you right back. And all of these, all of these individuals, like Dianne Feinstein and John McCain, they're not, they're, their aim is not to help the United States. Their aim is to harm Donald Trump. And we all know that's the motivation. Oh, Andrea Mitchell, too. I'll be right back. Broadcasting with Latin flair. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Now let me assure you, ladies and gentlemen, that when Ronald Reagan was taking strong stands against the Soviet Union, the John McCain's of the world, the Diane Feinstein's of the world, the Rick Wilson's of the world, the Andrea Mitchell's of the world, were hemming and hawing and caterwauling and calling him a cowboy and saying that he was going to start World War III. And uh, this is nothing new. This speech had the left wing, both in the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, screeching. You know, I've always believed that old screw tape reserved his best efforts for those of you in the church. Uh, old screw tape is a, a reference to the devil for those of you uh, who are not familiar with that terminology. Uh the screw tape letters, I believe it's uh, in reference to. Yeah, screw tape is the devil, just so uh, you guys understand the reference. You know, I've always believed that old screw tape reserved his best efforts for those of you in the church. So in your discussions of the nuclear freeze proposals, I urge you to beware the temptation of pride, the temptation of blithely uh, declaring yourselves above it all and label both sides equally at fault. To ignore the facts of history and the aggressive impulses of an evil empire, to simply call the arms race a giant misunderstanding, and thereby remove yourself from the struggle between right and wrong and good and evil. And that's precisely what these ankle biters like John McCain and Diane Feinstein and this Rick Wilson character do. They sit back there and World War Three and you you cannot remove yourself 
from the discussions of what is between right and wrong. And that's what Reagan was trying to say. Now, he was talking about the Soviet Union. Here comes Donald Trump promising reprisal to those in North Korea should they continue to threaten our country. And I guarantee you, folks, the majority of the country is not with Andrea Mitchell or John McCain or Dianne Feinstein or Rick Wilson. They are standing behind their president, Donald Trump. Those aforementioned people might want to take some notes. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, I, um, I'm just getting word, and I maybe this broke earlier today, but I just saw it on uh, my RSS feed. Uh, one of the betraying liars, Senator Dean Heller, is getting a well-deserved primary challenger. <laughs> which, uh, which brings uh, great joy to my heart. Uh, this is one of the liars who campaigned on repealing Obamacare. Um, and uh, didn't. He campaigned, oh, I'm going to go up there and fight for you. And then when push came to shove, <laughs> whoops, didn't want to. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, for, that's about as good as I can get about it because there were some serious challengers. And, we, you know, we tried to help McCain's challenger, Kelly Ward. And I think she got within four points of the guy, but couldn't quite get over the finish line. Oh, how different this whole debate would have been if John McCain hadn't been there. If he hadn't been there. All right. Uh, coming up this hour, we'll talk to uh, to Dana Lash, our good buddy here at uh, Blaze TV. She's also a, a radio star in her own right. And uh, not, not that I am, but uh, you know, I, I am surrounded by radio stars, Doc and Glenn and Dana and Pat and Stu and what is the expression? Man, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, that's kind of how I feel uh, day in and day out. So uh, she'll be coming up and talking about uh, this left-wing general, a CNN contributor, Hartling or Hurtling, I think was his name, who was triggered by her NRA ad. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we have a lot to talk about, she and I. So let me, but I, I, as promised, remember yesterday we were waiting to hear from Congressman Michael McCall, the chairman of the House uh, Homeland Security Committee, and we couldn't get it in in time before the show ended. He did join me on the Houston show live, and he wanted to comment on the whole nuclear crisis. So we'll start the second hour there, what we couldn't get to yesterday. Congressman Michael McCall, of course, from the 10th District in the great state of Texas, right here in the uh, in the area of Houston, he is the author of the brand new book, Failures of Imagination, the Deadliest Threats to Our Homeland and How to Thwart Them. And, and this qualifies. Congressman, thanks for making the time again today. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Chris. Uh, a pretty interesting update, huh? You know, well, no kidding. Now, look, the last I saw, the last uh, ICBM test 
they were having problems with the North Koreans uh, with making that nose cone to where it could withstand we, uh, reentry. So that mm-hmm. seems to be the only obstacle right now. If they can miniaturize, they're just a, a small step away from a functioning uh, intercontinental ballistic missile threat to the United States. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I think you're, you're correct. I, I, I have to be careful uh, not to confirm. You know, some of this reporting is based on a leaked uh, intelligence document warhead which was a, a significant step forward we actually a lot of analysts thought they were about a year away from this mm-hmm. so if these reports are accurate th- this is a very uh, significant um uh, threat uh, to the united states now that they have an icbm that can reach alaska and hawaii and i think it's it's refreshing to hear a president projecting strength out of the white house or in this case out of his uh, place in new jersey um but projecting strength Unlike what we saw in the previous administration, um, I think, you know, this is going to uh, rile up the international community. Um, and quite frankly, I, I kind of like the idea that this president is unpredictable. I think it gives him a foreign policy advantage uh, with these other nations because they're not sure what he's going to do you know, next. Well, and, you know, um, I, I'm glad you said it because for, first off, you just said something that when I just came off the Blaze show – and it's sad in this day and age that we have to preface what we say if these reports are true because of all the leaking going on in the intelligence community. Uh, a, a lot of people are suspect about the IC, about the intelligence community and what their real agenda is, whether it be political or actually safeguarding the United States. So I said that earlier. And I also was uh, and I didn't say this, but you just you just put it out there that the fact that we've got a guy who is uh, more, uh, uh, I don't know, kind of a street brawler and certainly a, a change from the, uh, the, the, the limp-wristed uh, occupier of the Oval Office we had the last eight years, it may give foreign adversaries some pause to mess around with Donald Trump. What do you think? No, I think so. I think this kind of uh, tough talk and rhetoric will actually help Secretary Tillerson in his diplomacy and negotiations with North Korea because – um, he's basically saying, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm not taking any option off the table, and I'm willing to use the uh, military force if necessary. And of course, he does it in a very strong way, and I think you got to take that seriously. And I appreciate your uh, comments on with respect to leaked intelligence documents. We do have to be a little careful, um, you know, in terms of that accuracy, um, because this would put them a little further ahead than we thought they were. Um, I really don't have any reason to doubt it at this point in time, but I have, I have no basis to confirm it either. Yeah. Uh, so you haven't received a, a briefing on this at, at all that you can share? I, I, uh, we're scheduling that as I speak. And I uh, it's something that um, I understand was been leaked up one of the intelligence uh, agencies and not interagency, which raises some questions about the validity. But you know, the fact is we all knew we were going to get to this point where they could miniaturize the nuclear warhead. And then you're right, the heat shield to reenter into the atmosphere is the final piece to this. So, you know, their clock is just ticking on this. And it's a, frankly, as we talked earlier, a failure, you know, of Obama being able to, uh, you know, he pulled the sanctions that we put on North Korea. Now we put them back on uh, and he uh, unilaterally takes them off and then fails to get anything for that. And now this is what we get after eight years of failed leadership. No, and that's a, that's a fantastic point. Look, I, I know that we we pulled you off of your your schedule today, and I, I'm not sure how much more time that you have with us here, but uh, if, if after you get your briefing, 
Uh, you just tell, uh, by the way, Lizzie, she, she worked her tail off today to get you on. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you tell her, uh, we, we, we roll the, we'll roll the welcome mat out for you. We'll clear the way for you. And if you think it's something that, uh, your constituents, uh, need to know, and the Salcedo show audience needs to know, we'll make, we'll get, we'll get you back on right away, Congressman. Well, I, I always appreciate it. And yeah, Lizzie does a good job. Yep. All right. Uh, Congressman <laughs> Michael McCall, everybody. That's how it went yesterday, folks. We, we finally, we got him on, but it was just after this show aired. So I wanted you guys to hear his evaluation, chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. And uh, very, uh, very, uh, uh, he was getting his, I wish I had gotten him afterward, after he got his briefing to see. And I'm glad to know that our skepticism about what is coming out now uh, was well-founded because again, we have to stress this. What was, what was out in the Washington post was leaks. Or was it CIA analyst Fred Flight reminding us that uh, we are here because of the inaction of of Democrats? Well, let me tell you something else you may not know. This actually isn't news. DIA has believed this since 2013. 2013. Who was who was occupying the Oval Office in 2013? Oh, that would have been resident Obama. And we know this because Congressman Doug Lamborn said during an April 2013 House hearing that this was the case. Sure. But the Obama administration tried to hide this information because it did not want to take action. It didn't want anything on the table that would prevent it from kicking this to the next president. And that's precisely what happened. Remember, resident Obama, when confronted with unpleasant facts, just lied to us. Uh, ISIS is a threat. We need, to, we need to do something about it, Mr. President. Well, remember, clear, us is a JV team. That way, he wouldn't have to do anything. Uh, Mr. President, uh, the, the North Koreans have the ability to miniaturize a nuclear weapon and put it on top of an ICBM threatening America. Well, remember, clear, uh, no, no problems here, nothing to see here. He just ignored it. Barack Obama's chief mission was to lie to us so he, so he wouldn't be forced to work. So he wouldn't be forced to make the tough decisions. That's his lazy legacy. Uh, Donald Trump, however, was, it turns out, ahead of the curb on this. Back in 1999, the president, not president then, but Trump was talking with Tim Russert from NBC and said the following. You say that you, as president, would be willing to launch a preemptive strike against North Korea's nuclear capability. First, I'd negotiate. I would negotiate like crazy. These people, in three or four years, are going to be having nuclear weapons. They're going to have those weapons pointed all over the world and specifically at the United States. He was right. They had nuclear weapons within, well, it was 2006, 2005, 2006. So he was off by a couple of years, uh, by a couple of years. Wouldn't it be good to sit down and really negotiate something and ideally negotiate? Now, if that negotiation doesn't work, you better solve the problem now than solve it later, Tim. And you know it and every politician knows it and nobody wants to talk about it. We virtually tried to bribe them into stopping and they're continuing to do what they're doing and they're laughing at us. They think we're a bunch of dummies. You want to do it in five years when they have warheads all over the place, every one of them pointing to New York City, to Washington and every one of our. Is that when you want to do it or do you want to do something now? You better do it now you better do it now he was talking to the incoming bush administration better do it now he was talking to the outgoing clinton administration better take care of it now turns out the president was right uh sebastian gorka 
on the North Lawn today, commenting to Fox. We are not just a superpower. We were a superpower. We are now a hyperpower. Nobody in the world, especially not North Korea, comes close to challenging our military capabilities, whether they're conventional, whether they're nuclear, or whether they're special forces. So the message is very clear. Don't test this White House, Pyongyang. Don't test this White House. Uh, posturing, yes. Productive, I think so. I think our enemies need to hear this because... <laughs> Obama would have been out there uh, in front of the cameras asking to buy Kim Jong-un dinner. I'll be back in a minute, folks. Stay with me. It's Chris Salcedo show here on The Blaze. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. You know, I think Tillerson's doing a a decent job. But you guys know who I really wanted. I wanted Ambassador John Bolton to be our Secretary of State. I think that uh, he was, we, we needed a, a massive culture change in the State Department. One that's pro-American rather than pro-every other nation on the planet. But Ambassador Bolton did jump onto Fox last night. And laid out what we face with North Korea and, oh yes, in case anybody forgot, Iran. This is a grim day in American history. Uh, as you said, uh, we've watched three administrations, Clinton, Bush and Obama, with variations to be sure, pursue the same basic policy of trying to negotiate or pressure. North- a failed strategy, not same policy, but also let's, let's recognize that because North Korea has nukes, William Jefferson Clinton failed. George Bush failed. And Barack Obama failed. They are failed policies. ...pressure North Korea, but we failed. And I think we're now down to a period of decision uh, that can be measured in months at best. Uh, this capability, if it's accurate, that North Korea can now miniaturize these weapons means we're at risk very soon. And given we know our intelligence is far from perfect, I don't want to guess wrong when that capability will actually uh, be in the North Koreans' hands. So uh, we've got very limited options here, and uh, the military option is, uh, I'm afraid, got to be at the center of it, because the American people have to ask themselves this question. Are you willing to live with a regime like North Korea holding American civilians at risk of a nuclear attack? And by the way, the same question applies to the Ayatollahs in Tehran. The capabilities North Korea has today, Iran can have tomorrow by sending a wire transfer. Yeah, and Obama gave Iran the same deal that Clinton gave to North Korea. Same deal, in essence. Get to keep all your stuff, and America gives you a whole bunch of money. So you can finance your militaries and finance your research into nukes. Same template. It will be the same result unless we get serious. Ambassador Bolton went on to say, anybody who thinks, and this is a direct, this is a direct response, I think, to the likes of Rick Wilson, so-called Republican strategist. Uh, directly to John McCain. Directly to Diane Feinstein and Andrea Mitchell of MSNBS. This speaks directly to you. Any of you folks who were 
sanctioning the, more of the same, you're, you, you're nuts. Well, in terms of ballistic missile defense for the country as a whole, we can blame Barack Obama for the fix we're in today. He gutted the Bush administration plan uh, very much at risk because of... Obama's policies. In terms of the offensive side, I don't think we have the time. I, I, as I say, I think we've got months to decide. And what he's talking about, the offensive side, he was asked about missiles, about missile deterrence and building up a defensive shield. Uh, and he's right. We don't have the time. The time was 10, 15 years ago to either deter North Korea or come up with a full, blo- a full blown, foolproof missile defense shield. And we don't have it. And if we had had a one could rationalize if we'd had a responsible occupier of the Oval Office these last eight years, an actual president, then maybe we would have. Whether we will allow North Korea to have that capability to put nuclear warheads essentially anywhere they want inside the United States. Uh, They're not going to be as sophisticated as ours. Their guidance systems may not be as good. So what? So they aim for Los Angeles and hit San Francisco. That doesn't make us feel any better. Because once they really do get that capability, it's much harder and the risk of one of those uh, missiles actually being fired at the United States is greater. We're, we're at the point that we never should have come to by all of this, uh, these decades of negotiation and the notion that today anybody, any responsible person could say we still want to negotiate with North Korea just defies all logic. We're in a very dangerous point. Yes, defies all logic, which explains Diane Feinstein's support of doing just that and John McCain's support of doing just that. Just saying uh there are some other stories out there that i want to get to very quickly before we get to dana lash at the bottom of the hour um mitch mcconnell was out there in kentucky blaming president trump for his failure to get uh to get obamacare repealed now look you all know when mitch mcconnell is revealed to be the loser that he is. The He's supposed to be some sort of brilliant tactician. This is the same brilliant tactician, he and Boehner, who said it would be a great idea to put up no Republican alternative to Obamacare back in 2009, 2010. He was, the, he was the architect of that idiocy. And then he is also the architect of the, of the idiocy that, that said, we don't come up with a consensus plan for the last seven years that we have been opposing Obamacare. Here's Mitch McConnell. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know everybody's saying we've been there, haven't done anything, which uh, I find extremely irritating. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, Congress goes on for two years. And part of the reason I think that the storyline is that we haven't done much is because in part, the president and others have set these early timelines about things need to be done by a certain point. You mean seven years wasn't enough time for you, Mitch? That really, he, he tried, he, folks, he, he's trying to, to say to, to everybody who would listen that, hey, it's only been seven months since the new Congress. You've had seven years, Mitch McConnell, to get your act together. And you sat on your butt and did nothing. No consensus bill ready to go. You didn't do your job. Plain and simple. Now, our new president had, of course, not been in this line of work. 
before. And I think had excessive expectations about how quickly things happen in the democratic process. And so part of the reason I think people feel like we're under underperforming is because too many kind of artificial deadlines un, unrelated to the reality of the complexity of legislating. Oh, it's so complex to say to do what you say you were going to do. I'll be right back. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Have you guys heard these uh, NRA ads? These boatloads of truth. Listen to this. We the people have had it. We've had it with your narratives, your propaganda, your fake news. We've had it with your constant protection of your Democrat overlords, your refusal to acknowledge any truth that upsets the fragile construct that you believe is real life. And we've had it with your pretentious tone deaf assertion that you are in any way truth or fact-based journalism. Consider this the shot across your proverbial bow. We're going to fisk the New York Times and find out just what deep rich means to this old gray hag, this untrustworthy, dishonest rag that has subsisted on the welfare of mediocrity for one, two, three more decades. We're going to laser focus on your so-called honest pursuit of truth. In short, we're coming for you. And. She she's talking to the New York Times, ladies and gentlemen, and this has a lot of people butthurt over the <laughs> over this. Let's talk to uh, the great Dana Lash. She's a nationally syndicated radio and TV talk show host, two time bestselling author. She's one of our go to people, not only for the Second Amendment, but all kinds of American issues. Her latest book, Fly Over Nation. You can't run a country you've never been to. Dana, welcome to the Chris Salcedo show. Chris, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure's all mine. I, I assure you. So because of that ad. This CNN contributor, a, a, a general, is my understanding, uh, Mr. Hurtling, uh, yeah. reported, reported you to the appropriate authorities for what he called threatening, even though in that ad you say the word proverbial, proverbial shot across the bow. What's your comment right. on that? Oh, it's so silly. I find it fascinating that a promise to fact check the media will get a free people reported to the government. And that's exactly what this was. That's why I said the word Fisk, the New York Times editorial staff is apparently unfamiliar with because they haven't done it in the past eight years to the previous president. So that's why they don't know what it means or know what it means anymore. Um, and you have to ask yourself the question, are you really free if you are not free to hold your press accountable? Are you really free? If you are not free to fact check your own media, because with all of the discussion about the free press, of which I and you are members and we support even more so than the fascistic left and book burners like Alan Tipper Gore, 
we act, we believe in the First Amendment, but at the same time, we also believe in the people's free right, because it's our right, too, to check, check, check the media and hold them accountable. And that's what this was. It's why I used the words that I did. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I said, we're going to use a laser focus on your reporting. Where I mean, I'm, I talked about their bias for crying out loud. Only the left that has a preoccupation with violence, Chris, only the left could project their desires onto me or onto anyone on the right who said that they want to hold the press accountable. There's a you reason know, why James Hodkinson was on the left. Yeah, you know what? I've, I've observed that, that typically those on the extremist left, they uh, project onto others qualities they have in abundance themselves. And I think, you know, I, I got to say that, a, that a, an alleged big bad general was intimidated by you talking about fact-checking the New York Times and called it hateful. When do you think the progressive left will dissuade themselves, I don't even think they believe it, but they're trying to convince everybody else that disagreeing with them is somehow hate speech. Yeah, dis- disagreeing with them is hate speech because we're it's cultural fascism and we're right in the middle yeah. of it. Just yesterday we got the news about the, the Google firing one of their employees simply because he wrote a completely innocuous memo. We are, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It, it's, it's cultural fascism. Lena Dunham will make up a lie about something that she heard at the airport. People tell on people if they don't agree with them 100%. It's hive mind. That's exactly what it is. And it's scary. I am always about more voices, not fewer voices. But the left doesn't feel that way. That's why they try to get conservatives kicked off of television. That's why they try to get their advertisers fired. If anyone on the right says anything that anybody on the left disagrees with, and the fact that you would report someone to the, the feds or wherever he's reporting me to, um, he wasn't quite clear when he, when he made his, his threat to report me simply yeah. because I said something he didn't like. And that's, you know, that's a shame. I respect his service, but I really hate the fact that he's denigrating our rights. Yeah, and maybe maybe he called his mommy for all we know. Dana Lash is our guest right now, folks. Flyover Nation, you can't run a country you've never been to. That's her latest book. Uh, there's also a lot of caterwauling from uh, typically the left side of, of our society that the NRA has no business talking on anything else except for Second Amendment issues. And uh, it's absurd on, on its face that people that are, are gun advocates and pro-Second Amendment right of self-defense advocates can't talk about other issues. So let me ask you about your impression about what's going on with North Korea. Um, I think that they're they're getting themselves into a position that they're not going to be able to back away from the idea that they're even contemplating doing anything to a U.S. territory where we have three different bases is pretty asinine. Um, of course, it could be all talk, but this is the legacy of the failed failed eight years of the Obama administration, who didn't do anything about any of the threats anywhere anywhere around the world. Uh, with the vacuum of leadership, now we have this mess that has been dumped into the current president's lap, and he has to deal with everything that Barack Obama wouldn't or couldn't deal with. And so now we are in the tough talking phase of what looks to be like not negotiations. Um, really, ultimately, a lot of this is going to depend on China's ability uh, to be able to uh, bring the hammer down, <laughs> no pun intended for their communism, mm. uh, to bring the hammer down on uh, North Korea. So we'll see how that goes. It's it's scary, though. And I mean, I, I feel because there are families on Guam. I mean, there's, you know, there, there are military bases. And then, of course, Guam itself and the, and the citizens, it's a terrifying thing. Absolutely. Dana Lash, everybody. The name of the book is Flyover Nation. You can't run a country you've never been to. You can catch her on The Blaze or nationally syndicated radio show. We'll get you back on as soon as possible. Yes, we'll have to spend more time together. And I can't wait to see you back in, uh, at the studio in Dallas.
All right. Uh, telephone number you folks want to weigh in. Uh, 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Some other issues. I didn't want the entire program to be dedicated to North Korea, as important as it is. Uh, there is a posting on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page that many of you have already found. And it has to do this report about Loretta Lynch. Now, for those of you who don't know, Loretta Lynch was the, uh, of course, the former attorney general. But she is turning out to be in heat big doo-doo because of what she pulled in that secret tarmac meeting with the husband of Hillary Clinton, who was under criminal investigation in her Justice Department. And the good folks over at Judicial Watch by subpoenaing documents. These documents show the DOJ, the Department of Justice under Loretta Lynch, was in full panic mode after her secret meeting with Bill Clinton was exposed. The uh, folks over at Town Hall, our buddy Katie Pavlich writing, uh, when former Attorney General Loretta Lynch and President Bill Clinton were busted secretly meeting aboard Lynch's private plane last summer, by a local television reporter. A number of government watchdog groups filed lawsuits for documents surrounding the meeting. After all, the FBI, under the jurisdiction of the Department of Justice, was actively investigating Democrat presidential candidate Hillary Clinton for mishandling classified information at the time. Criminal investigation. Although we do know that uh, Loretta Lynch wanted it called a matter. And commanded James Comey to call it a matter, not a criminal investigation. Anyway, uh, by the way, they don't they don't investigate matters at the FBI. And I think Loretta Lynch knew that. Typical lying Obamaite Loretta Lynch. Anyway, uh, after the FBI, after all, the FBI uh, under the jurisdiction of the Department of Justice was actively investigating Democrat presidential candidate Hillary Clinton for mishandling classified info. In response to information requests, the FBI and DOJ said documents did not exist. That is key. James Comey's FBI and Loretta Lynch's crooked Department of Justice said the documents didn't exist. Fast forward more than a year, and it turns out hundreds of documents related to the meeting do exist and show the department was in panic over how to respond to inquiries about why the meeting took place. By the way, are you hearing anything about this in the biased press, in the basket of biased press? Public affairs was bombarded with questions about the meeting and repeatedly referred to Lynch's comments on the matter without, ref- without offering further explanation. At least one reporter from the Washington Post expressed interest in putting the story to, quote, rest. Let's put it to rest, shall we? Because we at the Washington Post are always willing to let you Democrats get out from under a scandal that you've created. We don't want to do too much reporting. Let's just get this to bed. But we'll we'll carry accusations of Russia collusion with no evidence for over a year. (laughs) Unfortunately, the talking points used to defend the meeting have been fully redacted. Even the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, in charge, redacted those. That has me asking some questions. Lynch maintains she only discussed grandchildren and golf with the former president during their 30-minute meeting. 
As a reminder, just days after the meeting took place, former FBI Director James Comey announced Hillary Clinton would not be referred for charges. Nothing going on here. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, you will see a graphic with President Obama, the reprobate Lynch, former President Clinton, and Hillary. Prominently featured. The graphic reads, let me see if I got this straight. Obama's Attorney General Loretta Lynch met with former President Bill Clinton for a 30-minute private meeting on her plane days before Hillary Clinton was questioned by the FBI about her email server scandal. And I'm supposed to believe there was no corruption going on here? As it turns out, these emails, folks, that James Comey's FBI said didn't exist, that Loretta Lynch's Department of Justice, Obama's Department of Justice said didn't exist, they also implicate the White House, that it was indeed resident Obama's White House, along with Loretta Lynch, along with James Comey's FBI, who all colluded to hide the details of the secret meeting with Hillary's husband on the tarmac as she was under criminal investigation. That graphic getting your attention, it's available for you, as is the story. On the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, just type in The Chris Salcedo Show, you'll find us on Facebook. I got to get to a break. Be right back, folks, on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, illegal immigration is uh, also on our radar screen here on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks, and stopping it. And uh, dissuading anybody from the notion that illegal immigration is somehow meritorious or it's wonderful, it's uh, unicorn, sunshine, and lollipops. Uh, Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, The Attorney General of the state of Texas was on Fox Business yesterday, and he was being asked to comment on Oregon, uh, the state of Oregon, rolling out the welcome mat for illegal alien felons. Uh, Here's what Ken Paxton, the attorney general of the state of Texas, had to say about that. How does Oregon's sanctuary status hurt the state and its taxpayers? You know, they're making a choice to give up federal funding because they won't cooperate with the federal government, which is what Congress requires in these certain statutes where they're giving out grant money. They're certainly putting their citizens at risk. And, you know, I don't know what the upside is, given that what they're doing here is protecting criminals, people who have been committed, committing crimes and people who are suspected of committing crimes. The upside to the citizens, I don't see one. Well, there is none. Uh, pr- having sanctuary cities protect illegal alien felons is patently absurd, but it's going on, folks. It's happening all over this country because they're deathly afraid that if a system gets set up, they're going to go after regular old illegal aliens Next. And they can't allow that. So uh, the American people will be made to suffer for Democrats' political ambitions because ultimately they want to give them the vote. Felons and illegal aliens and illegal alien felons. Democrats want to give them the vote. So uh, that's one aspect uh, that I I think that's a, a good way to put it. What's the upside for American citizens? If you're looking for a a political party 
to look out for you. The Democrat Party's the wrong one because they have illegal aliens, illegal alien felons, first and foremost in their mind. That's who they stand up for. Remember, we told you, they're the foreigner's first party. They're the anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-cop, anti-prosperity party. That's why so many people are leaving the Democrat Party in droves. uh, Here's another thing. More than 1.1 million uh, fewer Americans are on food stamps. Did you guys hear this? Courtesy of uh, the first seven months of Donald Trump's administration, 1.1 million Americans have dropped off the food stamp rolls. 1.1 million. Now, this is a good thing. And this is something that all of you have to remember. The next time you start getting into a liberal or progressive discussion, somebody of that ilk, and they talk about how, you know, Trump's cutting this and cutting that, or the Republicans are cutting this, cutting that. Say, you know, we conservatives, we mark success by how many people are not reliant upon government to, to survive and sustain themselves. We recognize that you liberal extremists, that you look at success as to how many people are on the government dole, your political success. But we look at it success for the American people as how many people are not reliant upon government. We, and don't be shy about it. For crying out loud, don't be shy about it. You know, I was going to get into this climate change stuff, and I, I didn't get a chance to because of all the North Korea stuff. Maybe we'll get into it tomorrow. Here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Till then, folks, remember, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. Don't listen to the naysayers, folks. A time like this, we should rally around our president. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.